I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast. The uh, the 2024 PGA Tour has officially kicked off. Sure has. Fun tournament. Didn't realize how much I missed golf until I was watching it. Granted, it's on me. There's golf on every weekend. It's it's me that isn't tuning in. Dude, I, I was actually... So I kind of liked this golf, though, because it didn't even come on until later in the afternoon. So it was easy to just like... Especially like Thursday, Friday, like getting towards the end of the workday. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna throw throw the golf on. And it's also just kind of cool to see. I can't well, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. I'm I don't know if I'm in or out on Kapalua as a golf course for a PGA tour event because I, I think it's kind of cool, but it's also like borderline a little gimmicky with all like the slopes and everything and there's a handful of holes that like no matter where these guys hit their approach shots or their tee shots like all the balls just like filter down to the same Um, spot yeah it it reminded me of when i was playing um like mountain golf it reminded me of like mountain golf when i when i went up to um vermont for my cousin john's bachelor party we played a at killington we played it um something green was the other one green, green mountain, mountain national green mountain yeah green mountain national i think it's called um and it was like the same same thing one once you hit your tee shot you're like i i i mean i hope there's grass down there like i, I don't know you just yeah. like hit into the abyss on every shot um but then pretty much just because of the slope of the fairway like all the balls landed in like the same area so like there were divots everywhere the grass was shittier um that's yeah, what it and I kind of, of reminded me of yeah and i kind of felt like i was watching just like the same shots being hit over and over you know what i mean like there's it didn't see i could be totally wrong about this by the way there might be a lot more of this than than i realized but it wasn't like there was like i think of like is it 10 at riviera that short par four where it's like some guys lay up some guys go for it kind of thing it's like Everybody was making the same decision on every shot for the most part on every hole. So I felt like I was just like watching the same shots over and over and over. I, again, I could be wrong about that, but that was kind of my takeaway. No, you're, you're not wrong. And like, I heard them on the telecast say that um, the average score essentially was like 18 under par. Yeah. Like, well, shit. So, uh, they were average like four and a half strokes better than par a day. Like, geez, what a, what a tough test that was for the, for the group. Um, you had to get to T 29 to get into the negative T like negative 20 got you T 25 negative T 29 was 19 under. Yeah. Like that is crazy. Um, multiple guys went out on Sunday and fired a 10 under, um, Sahith, right. Boy, one of them. But uh, you know what I will say, Kev? I, I they do two back to back events in Hawaii, so like maybe get a different course is maybe what you're thinking. But I like I kind of understand while they're why they're out there, sort of thing. Like yeah, there there's um you know reasons behind the madness to the to the schedule out there. If they're gonna go out for one week, they might it's so fucking far. They might as well stay out there and. Um, do another tournament oh, and totally. uh, you know support the wildfires support uh the people recovering from those from those wildfires gotta can't can't leave them now that would be a bad look 
it would no, be... I agree. <laughs> they're I think they're locked in until twenty like thirty five or something like that for this tournament. But I, I'd also I'd kind of be curious to hear if the players feel the same way about it or, or yeah, maybe not. That's not the case. Yeah, maybe they, like, they might. You know how fucking like, far no, it is to get take. to. I, right. Uh, um. Yeah. May, maybe not. Um. It. Uh, I will say one thing that I kind of had forgotten about. Um. In the off season, the brief off season that is the PGA Tour in the golf world, um, it's how shitty the coverage is, man. It's just, it's horrible. Like it didn't come on television until four o'clock, and now unless I didn't know where to watch it uh, prior to it coming on television at four o'clock, that might be on me. Um, I was using the ESP, uh, ESPN Plus app, and they let me follow Morikawa and his group, and then anyone playing the 14th hole, which okay. Uh, that's not that great, but all right. Um, and then I'm looking on the TV and like, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock. People are teeing off. Like I've got favorited guys from last season. Nick Taylor just teed off. All right. Well, why can't I watch this? Thursday's round is playing on the golf channel. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, this sucks. This is why you have problems when people can't watch your product. Um, we've got issues. So didn't love that. And like, how do we have a golf channel, right? Like we have a golf channel and I understand that. Okay. First of all, I understand that NBC owns the golf channel. I also understand that NBC and CBS, like they have their deals with the PGA tour or whatever, but how outside of those windows that the CBS, that CBS and NBC have the golf on their specific channels, how is it not that if the PGA Tour is playing golf and it's not on one of those two channels, that golf channel just doesn't have it? Like, what else are you... Sh- you keep showing me the same, like, hour-long movie, quote-unquote, about the history of St. Andrews that I've watched 12 times on Golf Channel because they keep, like... They just keep playing shit like that. Like, why don't they just... If people are tuning into Golf Channel, they'll ca- they care about watching the tournament. You know what I and, mean? What, and they involve so attracted? many platforms. Like... I remember last year, you know, it would be on Peacock or Paramount Plus. And and you're like, why do I have to go to four different platforms to follow your golf turn? You're not the NFL. You don't produce revenue like that where you can support fucking Peacock, Amazon, CBS. And you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, it's just horrible. Consolidate. And I was just reminded of how horrible it was. But enjoyed watching yeah. watching golf. Um, You know. One of the things I, one of my takeaways though, I don't say it. I might be thinking the same thing as you. This is a wild take. I don't know if you're going to be thinking it, uh, um, but I feel like I'm already out on these uh, signature events. Like, now hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. So the top 50 guys, first of all, it's a no cut event. So, you you have all these guys um that get into the field they're going to make guaranteed money guaranteed FedEx cup points these fields are also for more money and for more FedEx cup points than let's say the what used to be the Honda Classic um so you have people that aren't able to get into these signature events stuck yep. playing these lower level events for less FedEx cup points and less um, money. And at the end of the year, it all determining that top 50 comes from FedEx cup points. So you're just it, like, it's just not giving 
the same opportunity to get points. I don't know. It just I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I don't necessarily know if I, I, I like this. The other tournaments I, I feel you're like per- gonna be horrible. Yeah, your performance in the other tournaments is a gateway into the elevated tournaments, though, right? So like correct. So the if top- you play like next week, for example, if you finish in the top, what is it? Is it top 10? Like, how does it, how does, I don't know exactly how it works, but like you can then qualify for these elevated tournaments. And then like the more you're able to qualify for those, like it, it's kind of, I will say it's interesting in the sense that like your 2024 informs your 2025 in a certain way. Right. Right. So it's the top 50 from last year's. So essentially anyone that made the BMW championship last year, the top 50 yeah. golfers based on FedEx cup points. So yeah. it's, it's them. Then it is the people that are in top 30 OWGR if they aren't cross-reference in that top 50. So Mm -hmm. someone like a Justin Thomas would probably still get in to an event. Um, And then on top of that, it is they bring 10 people in from the field that are currently top 10 in FedEx Cup points that are also not cross-referenced from the other. And then there is five people are let into the tournament from like recent tournament experience, like the top five guys from. Yeah. I like, and did they're all just sponsored. pull up. I have it pulled up in front of me. If you want me to like tell you. Like, yeah. And they're all sponsored. One's like the Aeon ones. The, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's called the, yeah. It's so stupid. They have like stupid names for them, but like, they're not, they're, they're kind of like, they think they're being like these catchy names, but it's it's like the next ten and the swing five. It's basically like last four in, first four out. Yeah, like, it's the same. For, you know, it's the same shit. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Do you want me? It's like five, six bullets. Do you want me to just like tell you like exactly what it is? Go for it. I think I I think I hit it on the think, head, but go for no, it. No, you you were very you were very close, if not exactly right. So it's the top fifty in the FedEx Cup from the previous season or whatever. Um the top 10 available and not otherwise exempt from the current FedEx standings. So basically it's the top, basically the top 60. And then the top five available and not otherwise exempt from the swing leading up to the signature event. So like the time between the previous signature event and the next one, the top five performers that weren't previously qualified, Mm -hmm. then you get four sponsor exemptions and then the three player hosted invitationals will each have one additional tournament host exemption, which is not restricted to PGA tour members. So I, you can, I don't know who you're inviting, but tiger. Um, well, he's a PGA tour member. Oh, that's for non PGA tour members. It's not restricted to PGA tour members. So like you could invite oh, like a corn, uh, if there's somebody having a big year on the corn ferry or something like or that. The European you know, tour or something. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So um so there is a way in, but so there's basically 15 spots per tournament, not counting exemptions. Um that you can qualify based off current year FedEx Cup points. But then Mm -hmm. it's also, if you're not exempt from those categories, it's current year tournament winners and PGA Tour members, like you said, in the top 30 OWGR. But like, if that's the case, you're probably in the top 50 from the FedEx Cup from last year. (laughs) So I don't know what 
um, what they're doing there. I'm curious. But, okay, but you're, so, either way, you're out on the signature events. I just, I, I, I don't think it's enough golfers. I think no cut is stupid. Um, and interesting. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of a no cut event, and I think it's just. Um. So, all right, one more. Why is it more FedEx Cup points? Because it's harder to get into the tournament. It's just. It's like it's kind of similar to like how a major would be, right? Like a major is going to be worth more because it's harder to qualify for it. And here, here's my I take. I think on they're the just situation. rewarding the people at the top. I think that's all it does. It, right. It. it, it well, it I think that's them to make sure that at the end of the year they're going to be involved because they don't want just a player like Justin Thomas to not make the FedEx cup playoffs. Like what happened last year. I mean, if a guy isn't good, I don't know how that's going to help Justin Thomas qualify for FedEx cup playoffs though. No, what I'm like with these rankings, he's not even going to qualify for the FedEx for the signature events. He'll get in off of his OWGR. What's his OWGR? Like 20-something? I bet he's higher than that. Oh, actually, maybe not. Didn't we look this up a couple weeks ago? Um, Because the player I was thinking about originally was Will Zalatoris. Um, yeah. Because he was hurt all last year. Um, Wondering how that's going to impact his um, eligibility. Justin Thomas is 26th. 20. 29th, uh, yeah. sorry. 29th. 26th yeah. at the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of allows for some carryover from like two seasons ago versus one. So I don't know. So here's my thing about the signature events is <clears throat> I think I like it because I like how there is kind of like three tiers of events now. Like there's the majors, like you always get excited for the majors or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have the signature events, which are all the guys everybody knows. It's all the big names. But I think it really makes the other events more interesting because I feel like there's like, I don't know. I feel like last year there was a bunch of like those like non-signature events that had like cool stories or guys that were like winning to like move themselves up with FedEx Cup points and, and get into the signature events kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really articulating this very well, but I no, it's it a, last year. It's I mean, it's it's a Granted, fluid situation. It's, year, but... it's um constantly changing. I just I think it's going to be a tough look if like the best guy in your event is like I don't know Keith Mitchell and Aaron Rye or like I I as someone who's playing fancy golf, I'll tell you it's not a sexy looking roster there um but yeah. who's to say but like I, they could be completely different you know you could have live guys playing in events by the end of this year like yeah who, who, who and knows I what's think, gonna happen i think the risk is worth it for that though because you're also you're not just like yeah you're risking there being events like that where there's like the, the top guy in the field is like 40th and owgr maybe or something like it that still isn't but... bad i mean no, but I think it's, not it's great. worth it because it guarantees can... all the top guys are playing together in the big events, which I think that is what has to happen on the PGA. I think that's what has to happen in professional golf. Like you need to have all the best players on the field at the same times. And prior that wasn't happening. Like of the top 10, like if you had more than five, it was like, it was a major or like the players or, or Memorial, something like that, you know? 
but this like basically guarantees all the top dogs are playing against each other. Oh, well, it definitely does. Um, it just, I don't know. I, the no cut thing. I just really think like, you don't, you don't earn that. Like that's, so you go out yeah. there and you shoot 10 over in the first two days. You're like, Oh, it's sick. I'm still going to get a check for $500,000 or I don't know, not that much, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm out on it, but we'll see. Maybe the next one will change my mind, or maybe once fantasy golf starts, I'll, I'll feel differently about it. I just, yeah, I, I, I think the thing is too, like all these guys that are getting into the signature. I guess it's more like your problem is like the format of the signature events, not necessarily like the dichotomy of having the two different types of events. But well, yeah, we, I think the big a lot hear... of the big name guys are still going to play in some of those smaller tournaments. Like they're not going to go play the John Deere necessarily, but like they'll play some of those other tournaments. Oh well, every tournament has guys that are either you know they grew up there, they support the community community locally. Uh, like there, there's always going to be those events in Texas that. They're not going to be elevated, but or signature events. But Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler will go play. Like it, you're you're certainly going to have the the events like that. I just feel like two and a half years ago we sat here and we bitched about how Live Golf only play, like about the format of the way they play golf. And one of the things that I definitely felt strongly about was a no like having no cut. You're not. It's not the way that it, it's been played. Um, so maybe it's just yeah. me not liking change. But I'm I, I just don't want to say like, well, I think no cut events are stupid for live, but no cut events for the PGA, those are cool. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean I don't care that much about the the no cut thing, but I know a lot of people do. It, it's it's interesting too, because like so many of I think it's really an interesting conversation when you're talking about the PGA tour players that stayed because like a lot of them were arguing about that, about live, right? Like how like no cut, it's not real golf. And now, now the signature events are like that. Is every signature event, no cut. I think so. Okay. Um, And I was really, when I, the reason the wheels started turning is because I was thinking about fantasy golf and I was like, well, this is dumb. Yeah. So every player on your team is going to rack up, birdies going to rack up FedEx cut points and going to rack up money regardless if they like come I in mean, dead last whereas I don't know but that's not fantasy golf is not real golf it's just it's a game um but that's what had my had the wheels spinning first I was like damn every one of these motherfuckers gets a check <laughs> yeah the only so of the eight signature events Five of them don't have a cut, but the player hosted invitation. So the Genesis, Arnold Palmer Invitational, and the Memorial all do have a 36 hole cut. Because they're opens. No, they're invitationals. I don't know what the reason is that they have a cut, but well, the I mean, field's got to be Tiger's there. tournament, Arnie's tournament, and Jack's tournament. So those are three dudes that are probably like, fuck that, we're having a cut. Well, yeah, it Not would just that. be directed at court like field size. I, I would think that they'd probably end up with like an 120, 130 person field if they're gonna make a cut. Because you're not you don't want to cut 80 golfers into 40 into the weekend. That's that's not a very No, I, I have no idea what the what the field size is. It just says 
36 hole cut to the top 50 and ties and any player within 10 shots of the lead. If that, um, if that That's were to good. happen. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, five events with no cut. Oh, well, that's Baron 8. It's Baron 8, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and the next one is Pebble Beach. The next one is the Pebble Beach, yep. Okay, so three weeks three weeks until the next one. Okay. Um, that's our first event. We've got to get... Um, got to get crunching on a draft. Um, Starts Jan 29. So really? Have, I thought it started on yeah. the 1st. January 29th. Oh, that must be the Wednesday. It says January 29th to February 4th. So that's Oh, no. Well, no, that, that's not inaccurate. The The tournament week technically just does start on Monday. Like oh, there, there are oh people yeah. There. Um, All of these are listed as like seven, six days, seven days, whatever it is. A Monday so, to Sunday. Um, yeah. But either way, I mean... One, two. We probably want to draft before, even before that Monday. I probably want to draft no later than like Sunday the twenty eighth. I would think. Oh, definitely. Um, it would be so. Um, let's talk this out. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, well, I guess it's it's kind of irrelevant. I, I why don't I just say what I'm thinking? So, um, Fantrax lets you know players don't really like. They have like a loose schedule, but it's not like Rory McIlroy's tournament schedule is posted for the year. Like they, right. they let the tournament know the, on the Friday before by five o'clock if they're going to be competing in the following week. Um, so I was thinking that it'd be beneficial if we did it then within that week. So during the draft, you would be no, you'd know who would be playing in the field uh, at um, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Um, but then if it's a limited field and like the criteria that you already went over, like we're going to know who's in the field. Um, Right. Exactly. And those are events that like, if you qualify for them, unless you are injured, you're going to them. Right. Like it's like the the value of the purse, the value of the FedEx cup points. Like why as a player would you want to miss that? You can miss one, I think. Right. Is that still the rule? Well, they used to have that rule. Um, but then it was, and then Rory skipped one, and then he skipped another, and then they're like, "Well, we're going to fine you two million dollars," and they did that publicly and privately. They did not fine him two million dollars because he's their number one fan. Like you don't don't do that. Don't poke don't poke the bear. Um, yeah. So, but he he skipped this one. He he didn't play in the century. Um, oh yeah. Um. And yeah, because with the, I think I saw that 10 out of the top 12 in the world uh, were in the tournament and Rom would be the other guy. Or let's just see. Scheffler, Rory, no. Rom, no. Hovland, Cantley, Shoffley, Homa, Fitzpatrick, Harmon, Wyndham Clark, Colin Morikawa, Tom Kim, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, they all played. Wyndham Clark played, right? Yeah. think so that i don't know i was just looking at the leaderboard he's primed for a big year i heard rumor has it he's yeah he came in uh 20 uh t29 how much he get for that dude imagine shooting 19 under and not cracking the top 25 (laughs) what a ridiculous tournament 
Um, damn, Wyndham brought in one hundred and forty thousand. Uh, one hundred and forty thousand five hundred dollars for T twenty nine. That's sick. Yeah, and a trip to Hawaii. It, it. I will say the tournament was fun just because it was close. Like going into Sunday, there was like eight guys within two shots. Or oh man, shots of the lead or like, that was nice. I was rooting yeah, he, for him. Threw threw in a ticket on him coke, huh? Sunday morning and. Uh, he he didn't do it. So dead last gets you fifty grand. That's pretty sick. Nothing wrong with that. That guarantees um, your. You know, maybe I take my stance back a little bit. They really don't get a lot of FedEx Cup points. And the only di- so the difference is five hundred point. Like how how many did the did Chris Kirk get today or seven yesterday seven hundred. So I mean, yeah, and the winners of a regular one get five hundred, so it's an extra two hundred. But like, how many of the winners of? Did they do FedEx Cup points for the majors or no? Um, I don't believe so. I don't think so. Yeah, so it wouldn't matter. Um, um, I don't know why I can't think of that right now. But uh, damn, good for Chris Kirk. That dude is a stud. He went out there and he just fucking dude. took it. He um. Uh, too bad. Too I was bad. watching him on the tee box. When you would see him hit a ball, I would be like, damn, that thing is on a fucking rope and 5,000 feet in the sky. Dude, these pads are awesome. Oh, yeah. Kirk got 3.6. Sahith got, like got 2.16. Spieth got 1.36. Ben on got 975K. Pretty sick. That's crazy. Pretty dope. I also watched Ben on miss like a two foot putt at one point too. So like he could have increased uh, his his earnings a bit if he just sunk that. Dude, Scheffler, st- it's unbelievable how he still. So they were saying at one point yesterday they were saying Scotty's mate. Scotty made like what was it? It was like 10 foot putts or something like that. And like uh, he had like 20 of them and he only made one or two. And then it, they were talking about one of the other guys hired the leaderboard. And he was like, he's only missed or hasn't missed a single 10 foot putt like this entire weekend or whatever. And like, it's unbelievable to me how Scotty comes T5 and how many times you just watch him miss like three foot putt, four foot putt. You know what I mean? Like, dude, if you, he's not like a terrible putter, but like, if, like you'd be an absolute world beater if you just like knocked in a couple more. Like you only lost by four strokes, and you probably missed about four six footers or less throughout the course of the tournament. I think you're absolutely right, I, and I think it's funny that, um, not funny, but like it is wild. You'll, it it's like how many? Uh, all right, Scheffler was four back from the lead. He probably lost yeah. four four strokes on the green. Like it's it's 100%. like if he could figure that out, and it's it is crazy. Now he's just an amazing ball striker. Um, but there is like because he hits so many greens, um, he does have a lot more putts than other people. Um, you know, some people might miss a green, then they just chip on and leave it four feet from the cup. So the putting yeah. stats can be a little bit skewed by people who don't hit greens as much. Mm-hmm. But he has so many opportunities, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, because I, I usually bet against him. I'm, I, 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 yeah. He's, his odds are always so low that I don't like to take him as a favorite. But 
you just watch him and you're like, shit, another fairway. Shit, another green. Then you just watch him like, oh, he missed it by an inch. And everyone yeah. misses. And you're like, sick. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, Dude, well, it's crazy. Too. So I don't know. I was on, I think it was Sunday I was watching. I don't remember. I was watching some of like the third round recap on Sunday morning too. And he had a couple of short ones that he just like pushed out to the right or whatever. And uh, Kisner, who was on the call for the first time ever, which uh, we can get into as well. Um, he made a point. He was like, see the thing with Scotty that why he struggles with his putting is if you look at him when he's lining up to like, say his driver or whatever, his shoulders are always open to his stance. And that's why he like always likes to hit that big cut. And it looks like he kind of does the same thing with his putter, which is why he has a tendency to, um, hit his putts offline. And I was like, that's kind of like an interesting diagnosis. Like how has nobody addressed this with the world number one golfer? It is, it, it's, it's so interesting too, because like if Patrick Mahomes like was, he couldn't complete a screen pass or like he was like super inaccurate in one area of his game. I couldn't it, check it down. It'd be the first right. question in, in a press conference. Hey, Pat, uh, Brian here from Life in the Rough. Just wanted to talk to you about the inability for you to complete a pass less than three yards. You do have the lowest rate in the league among 42 quarterbacks that have played this season. Do you mind elaborating on what you think is a flaw in your game there? Like, for for golf, they're just like, I, I don't know. It's just they don't – questions are asked differently in golf than uh. like – if you're Scotty Scheffler, then you don't get asked that. If you're Will Zalatoris, it's the only thing you get asked him. Yeah. Um, so how do but you feel he like has a more glaring issue? Well, yeah, the, the tough, tough look. Camera don't lie on that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I have no idea, but like I do think it is kind of crazy that it's it's definitely talked about in the golf world. Like people understand that his putting isn't his strongest part of his game. He's not a shitty putter. But it's just kind of glaring how good he is at every other aspect of his game, but doesn't can't get it together on the on the green. It's it's the it's the contrast between the two sides, right? Like he's number one strokes gained like off the tee, tee to green, um, approach shots, and then he's like hundred and fiftieth in putting something like that it's it's i think that's the crazy part about it um like he's gaining strokes everywhere else and he's just like losing them on the on the putting green but um i wanted to ask you what you thought of kisner in the booth i thought he did great i i i thought he brought in some insight that necessarily like here's here's a great example i don't know who made the the initial call um somebody was chipping up onto a green and the uh first announcer was like oh that's gonna that's gonna have to go and the second it hit the green kids like that's gonna be great and it just it it, it rolled to yeah. like two inches and i was like see that is the type of and i'm not trying to shit on other announcers but i feel like that happens sometimes where they're like Oh my gosh, this shot is so difficult right here. We're not sure how he's going to get out of it. And I'm like, dude, he's the third best player in the world. Like, I'm sure he's going to be fine. And every time they put it to like two feet, because that's what they do. They're pros. So I I, I enjoy the accurate analysis of the skill level and the outcome. 
100%. Completely agree with with that statement. Like while I was watching, it reminded me a lot of the first year that Tony Romo was in the booth because it was kind of refreshing to have somebody that would like before the ball was even snapping. All right. Like you see this safety movement here, like the quarterback sees that they're going to run this play or whatever. And then like it happens, right? Like I think it's really cool to have somebody that's close to the game, like literally in the game right now that can offer more of that insight. The only thing that I took away um, other than that, like I do like his analysis, but I feel like his, um, his like sense of humor and personality, I don't think like translates as well to being in the booth as it does like when he does shit with like the four play guys and and you know what I mean. Like I feel like he, and I'm sure he'll probably come into that as if he does this a little bit more. But I think he like kind of struggled. Like he wanted to be like funny, but he also felt like he had to hold back a little bit and like tiptoe around like how he was saying things. But I mean, analysis wise, I thought it was spot on. I, I loved it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just like by looking at him, like his hair was combed to the side. Like he he didn't yeah. even look like himself. He like and and that's all fine. You know, it was his first time out there doing it. I, I he'll find his footing for sure. But uh Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was nice to, you know, have a little bit of a change up in, in the booth for a change. Yeah, and I'm glad you had that opinion on him too, because I, I think that's like exactly what I liked about having him there. Like it's like a recent player literally a current player that can like talk to it kind of thing which i think is much more it's just more important yeah well i and i i did hear him talking about the like scotty chef on the putting uh on the green and he was like yeah but like the way his feet are with his driver it's like the same with his putter and he's like it's a problem because you can't put a cut on your putter and yeah the, the guy I thought was that like, was funny when he said that yeah yeah um no, I, I I think it's insightful, and like he's a people like him, you know he's a, he's a likable yeah. guy. So um, yeah, uh, actually, now that we're talking about this, I'm remembering like what I was thinking about it yesterday too. And I think a part of the problem is is I forget who the other two guys in the booth are with him, but like they don't have a personality like kids. So like when kids does make kind of like a little witty comment, like you want a little bit of banter, right? Like those guys don't provide banter, so it's like he'll say something, and then it's just like. All right. Well, now we're gonna go to uh, go to Smiley on seventeen. So, yeah. All right. So can somebody like go back and forth with Giz a little bit to make it a little funnier? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, they'll get it down. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I was excited for it. You know, um, I wanted to mention. I think well, last week we touched on it briefly about the love for Ludwig Aberg. Yeah. And oh man, it's like he was. He had like the third shortest odds, like pre-tournament. Uh, he was had the yeah. same odds as like Xander and Colin Morikawa, um, or Xander and somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. We we were saying it last week. I just feel like there's a lot of hype for this kid, and he ended up shooting a solid thirteen under, I suppose. But that was for T forty seven. Uh, still came home with 62 grand. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, not bad, right? Yeah, uh, not bad at all. Um, I mean, he played better than Ricky Fowler did, but I don't know. I just uh, a little bit shocked, you know, everyone else up on uh, up in the odds there, they ended up playing that way, shooting in the you know, landing themselves in the top 10, like Morikawa and Xander. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I like don't know where I fall on Ludwig. I I do really like Ludwig, like watching Mm -hmm. him play like he is such like a technically sound like I don't know a ton about the golf swing. But like if you watch him swing a golf club, you're like, that just looks right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks good. I I could see him being kind of one of those guys kind of similar to like a Will Zalatoris actually where he performs in like majors, right? Like the really difficult course condition. Like he, he might not be the guy for like a shootout like this, but he might be like the guy that performs in majors. I don't know. That's like, that could be like the coldest take ever, but I'm just like more for the sake of the conversation here. I'm not like a Ludwig O'Bear truther or anything, but um, I could see that being something like he might not have a great year overall in the PGA tour, but like performance in majors kind of thing. Yeah, it's just it, it's very interesting. I I agree the, to see someone that high, like he had better odds than Jordan Spieth. Are you kidding? Like, um, yeah, that's yeah. but you know odds are influenced also by the public, so that that happens. Um, yeah. Well, especially like Spieth is actually a really good analogy or uh, comparison there because like when you think about the course they played on, like this is the perfect type of course for a Jordan Spieth, right? Like hit these big slinging cuts, draws, like lay them up and like let them roll down these hills and just like get the ball to the hole and get creative out there kind of thing. Um, but no, I you sent me that before the tournament and I was, that was my immediate thought. I'm like, it's like everybody just betting him to win or something and they moved the line. Like, I don't know what happened, but. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a bit shocking. I spent, you know, and I'm real excited for Thagala. I I, w- I wish he oh, didn't yeah. put, put it on the gas so soon because I was sitting at home like, damn. I'm never going to get this guy now. The last two years I've had him on my squad and he's been a unbelievable asset. Um, Yeah. he. I love watching him play, but like sometimes he like kind of gives me a little anxiety. Like he's so just like twitchy and like bouncing around. Like even like, do you see that like weird trigger thing he does before he hits the putt? Like he'll be like lining up over it, like moving the whole time. And then he'll like do like a little half squat kind of thing. Like it's kind of, I'm like, dude, did you just pull lines? Like, what's going on? He's dialed here? in. He is dialed yeah. in out there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's good to see to see Sahith have a day. It was good to see Jordan uh, Jordan Spieth have a good tournament. Um, Harmon was kind of hanged. Like, that's not our guy. I was expecting to be towards the top, but it's interesting to see. And Ben on. There's like some. There's kind of a weird leaderboard in the top ten. Jason Day's new clothing sponsor. uh, I don't agree with. (laughs) Tough look. It's a tough look. Um, Yeah. I. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I don't know if like he's family friends with this this company or whatnot. But I just like Jason Day's got a brought in fifty plus million dollars in his career. Like, do do you really need the money, or do you really want to look that way? Because yeah, maybe he just likes it. I don't yeah, know. Like, listen, EVR was ahead of the game on joggers. Everyone said he looked like an idiot. I still think he looked like an idiot. But now you've got people looking like him um, out there with their with their shins shining high. Akshay amongst them, he had some he had some big ankle energy going that, on. That that boy he 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 needs to figure out his his uh his outfit game. But it's. It's crazy how young he is. He's like 21 years old. He's just out yeah. here firing at pins. He just, I think it's Batia. He just didn't go to college. He just turned pro, right? I think That's he played it. internationally. 
Yeah, they just decided to go pro like at a really young age. Like that's I feel like we've been hearing about him for the last like four years. Um he, by the way, I, I want to know what he weighs. That kid is an absolute like they used to say how it was Alatoris to bring him up again was what they say he looked like a one iron without a grip. Akshay's gotta be dude. They Google six says one. Uh, he's 130 pounds at six one. Yeah, it's how do you how do you continue to live? That's got to be holy fuck. Yeah, he's yeah, it's he's a tiny guy. Um, Not really though. He's tall. I'm 130 pounds. I mean, man, I haven't seen the 130s since middle school. The 130s, it's not very much. I will say, though, that, like, well, no, we're still, we're, st- I was going to say, like, Rory and Justin Thomas aren't big, but they're probably in, like, the 165 range, which is still small, but, like, you know, like, a right. lot of these guys, so when, um, uh, Ricky Fowler hit my cousin John with a golf ball, um, out at the Travelers, he gave him a, his golf club. Yeah. And, when John showed it to me, I was like, Jesus, this this thing is tiny. It won't fit on my hand. It's a men's small. Like these guys are they're pre- premier world class athletes. Like you, you just I don't know, just imagine that they're big and strong. And like a lot of the times right. they're not very big. They they could be strong, but uh they're little I little guys up, on the golf course. Yeah, I just looked up JT and Will Zalatoris. JT is 5'10, 160. So he has 30 pounds on Akshay. Zalatoris, who is skinny as fuck, right? He's only an inch taller than Akshay and weighs 175. So that's 45 more pounds on his frame than Akshay. And, and like, if you look at Zalatoris, you'd be like, bro, you eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It, and yeah. how far they hit the ball, like, it's... Oh my god! They did some slow mos of Akshay hitting driver. Did you watch any of those? Um, I mean, I had it on all Sunday. Oh, uh, dude! Like the way his body, like I think it was kids. He was like, dude, like I think I just tore my hamstring watching this. Like, it's crazy how he's able to move. Um, but it's it's nice to have long long levers, right? Yeah, I need to implement that sort of swing into my game. Maybe I'll try it for virtual golf and, and see how it takes off there oh yeah you got virtual tonight right sure do sure do recording on a monday um going to uh yeah we've got virtual golf tonight um nate texted me earlier he's like bro are we really in second to fucking last i was like yeah um i was like well technically they well, haven't you put guys in are our, in second to last they haven't put in our scores for the past two weeks so we don't have like we didn't get any oh. points so we should be doing much better than that but uh Listen, it that's that's week four. We've got we're a quarter of the way in. That's fine. This is we're just lulling everybody to sleep. They're not even you have everyone right where you want them. They're they don't even notice us way back there. They're like, what are these guys even doing? He has a podcast. What what is it on? Like home improvement? I don't know what this guy thinks he's doing in the simulator. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to tonight. Where are we playing tonight? Where are we playing tonight? Because last week playing at uh, Glen Eagle uh, over in Scotland, holy shit, that course was that course was brutal. I hope they give you some places with smaller greens this time, B. The past two weeks. The, the past two weeks been completely screwed by um, the golf course. Now, doesn't sound too good when I say it like that. Sounds like I'm making excuses. Well, everybody else was playing on the same golf course. So, yeah, see, that's why it doesn't. That's, that's the argument to be made. It's a tough part. It, it is a tough part about that argument. Um, but, hey, we'll see how it goes. Tonight, we're playing at the. Oh, Jesus. The Coeur d'Alene Resort, back nine. Oh, yeah. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Who are we playing against? Who are we playing against? Please don't have us again. Okay. All right. We're playing against. Uh, oh, no. We're playing against Caprice and Denny. One's a 13 handicap. The other's a 17 handicap. So it says. I don't know what mere mere Nate are. We've only got two rounds logged here. I'm not sure what's going Wait, on. So end. everybody else has their scores logged and you and Nate don't? Um not at, so going so we missed week three. Me and him had to make up week three. And yeah, although we like emailed our results in, um the guy just didn't update the website. And then for week four, there's only a couple foursomes where their scores were entered and I'm not sure it, it could have been on us. We could have did it wrong. I don't know. I mean, we've got, you get the email of like how everyone played. So it's not the end of the world. He just, uh, we're gonna have to have a talk with him tonight. Jesus week four skinned. Oh, 196 bucks. Oh yeah. Cause no one else scores were entered. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So me and Nate have some work to do. I uh, I, mm -hmm. I was lipping out all last week, just a bunch of bullshit, just a, a, a bunch of bullshit. We were playing against Mike Price and J uh, Jason Takis, and you know I I could have been lulled by to sleep by them. We're you know we were watching the football game, um, Bama and Michigan. Uh, that went into overtime. That was it was wild. Gotta love when football yeah. is on over at the sim. Yeah, hell yeah, you're the the big game tonight. Tonight's the national championship. I think so, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. I think I looked it up earlier. All right. All right. All right. Um, well, if so, that's great. That'll give us something to also additionally gamble on. 7.30 tonight. Oh, geez. And we get there at 7. You know we're going to be betting on first anytime touchdown. Oh, God, I love betting on non-professional athletes. It's invigorating. Um yeah, that'll be fun. Um, what, yeah. do you got, what do you got lined up this week for, for golf? Getting a lesson in, getting some range time. Um, You've got that membership. This this week, what do I have? I I think I'm going to go hit the sim for an hour this uh, like this evening. Um, following that, I am going to be playing 18 holes on Friday afternoon, 18 holes on Saturday and 18 holes on Sunday in Scottsdale, Arizona. So just not a lot, not a ton going on. Love just a mellow, uh, mellow weekend playing. I'm, I'm excited to come back next week and provide a, provide a review of the places I've played, but I'm playing 
Silverado on Friday, TPC Champion Saturday, and Talking Stick on Sunday. And what I want to ask you, Brian, we can take this off air if needed, but I know you obviously want a golf ball from each location that I go play because I know you're you're a golf ball collector. Um, I personally, I think I'm going to start doing what you do, but with ball markers, um, with the marker locker, we're going to be able to load those puppies up, mm. keep those in a nice, safe place. Um, but I'm curious, is there anything that you want? Is there anything that you're intrigued by? Um, you know, I would, I would take a TPC ball marker. Um, I, okay. I certainly, I've got a couple of those already. Um, but yeah, no, outside of that, nothing else, but Kev, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm really glad you did because I have brand new information that our marker lockers are on their way. Yeah. They've been shipped. No shit. They've been shipped. Let's go. There is a chance that you are going to be able to bring your marker locker to the lovely state of Arizona and really utilize it for all of its glory. Just fresh out of the gate. Oh, where yeah. I'm just going to I'm going to fill it up, um, but I'll, I'll be showing it off virtually um, at, at the virtual matches that I'm playing. Um, so, yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned on that. Now, I, I want to ask you're playing. So you're playing 54 holes of golf, right? Yeah. How many golf balls are you bringing? I'm just going to bring a dozen. Yeah. Think that's going to be enough for you? If it's not, I'll buy an, I'll buy more there. <laughs> like I, I if I if it if I don't if I go through a dozen and three granted it's gonna be desert golf and I haven't been playing golf outside at all, but I don't think I'm gonna kill more than a dozen. I probably have a couple of random balls in the bag on top of that anyway, but I think a dozen will be plenty. Yeah, I don't. I've never played desert golf. I'm not sure if it's like Florida golf, where if like your ball rolls six inches into any area that is heavily wooded or grass, you don't. It, you, that ball is lost. You do not go yeah. to try to retrieve it because you will probably die by a reptile. Um, that'll get you. Yeah, I know. So the place we're playing Sunday is supposed to be a pretty wide open court, but like that's the thing. It's like it's pretty wide open, but like once you're off the fairway like you're just like in the desert kind of thing so like I think that's where yeah like I don't, i'm not trying to fuck with any rattlesnakes or anything um I'll, I'll, whatever i'm gonna lean on the locals for any uh suggestions they have regarding searching for balls um but i think a dozen should get me through and i'll maybe i'll i'll, I'll do some sort of ball count for you and I'll, I'll let you know how many i came home with or if i had to buy more i think you'll be you'll be fine bringing a dozen that's probably what i would do as well but uh yeah, no, relying on the locals can't go wrong there. And that's that's how I learned uh, down in South Carolina. You know, it was like the second hole. My ball just trickles into this, uh, you know, hazard area. Um, yeah. And I walked over, threw my club in, and I could see it on the ground. Like, I, I just yeah. popped it back out. And I was like, well, I'll take the drop, but, like, I'm going to grab that ball. And the guys were like, you're a brave man. And I'm like, what? They're like, that's where spiders hang out. That's where snakes hang out. Like you I'm uh, telling you, uh, like you don't, you don't go in after your ball. Like it's, it's gone. Um, and then they start telling me about all these stories about people that get bit and then have to get like rushed to the hospital because they're yeah. venomous. And he's like, yeah, last Wednesday I was out here and Fred really took one on the behind. He, he get back in his cart. He sat on a spider and, and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? I, the spider like the spider is almost scared because like 
I mean, granted, I know snakes can be like a little camouflage, but they're at least big. Like you can like see them sometimes or you're looking for them like a spider. Like they're just tiny little things. You might not see that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So snake and spiders, they were they were very, very cautious of and they were local. So I, I heeded that warning. And from there on out, I uh, I didn't go looking at all. I uh, started playing a lot more free, a lot more free. I was just like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I think that's how you have to do it. I, I will say on the ball front, if a dozen balls is not enough. I think I'm going to come home and be like not happy with uh, the golf I played. Yeah, that's that's you essentially know, like, that's two bad. balls per nine. Every yeah, every, every round. Every, yeah. yeah, that's. It's not what you want. No, although I will say, if there's one part of my game that's been quite erratic, it's been my driver. So maybe, maybe I'll bring two dozen. Who knows? Well, there's always the there's always the opportunity to buy some while you're out there. Yeah, I'm not using. I'm just using profies. I'm not. It's not like I'm using anything obscure that I might be able to find. Very Pay the pro shop up charge. But yeah. I'm excited, man. It's. I was looking at the weather. It's going to be like 60 to 65 degrees every day. I'm there. It's going to be nice. Can't beat that, especially when you're nope. leaving 20, 25 degree weather. Bro, I was plowing yesterday with dreams of Scottsdale. It was it was tough. Bet you were. Yeah. So how how about you? Are there anything else other than uh than league tonight? You're gonna, you know, work on your putting still? You've been doing the shoulders thing. How's that going? Oh, rolling the rock all the time. Uh anytime yeah. I've got a couple couple minutes, rolling them in, rolling mm-hmm. them in. Cannot wait to get out to a real golf course because in my head. Yep. I see myself just rolling in like one putting everything, which it's, it's going to be great if I can do that. Like from if anywhere from five feet to 25 feet, like I, I hit every putt ever. Um, that, that could be, that could be valuable in the bag. Um, I don't want to, you know, yeah. really boast about it, but I could, you know, I'd probably be scratch if I one putted everything. Yeah. One thing I've actually been thinking a lot about is I've been putting a ton too, because I have the birdie ball and I'm starting to feel really good about my putting stroke. Right. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, what happens when I have like a 40 foot putt? Like, am I going to have pace at all? (laughs) Am I I just going to keep hitting it? Like, I'm curious to see how my pace is um, on like on greens. But other than that, I'm feeling good about putting too. Yeah. And that's definitely something like, people i'll get to a golf course and people are all like practicing eight foot putts five foot putts and i'm i drop a ball like 50 feet away i'm like nah guys this is what i need to practice i'm telling you i'm telling you i'll have plenty of those eight foot putts after i shoot this 50 foot oh yeah you got it you you can't go into those blind because it'll either go 25 feet or go 80 feet and either way you're gonna have 30 feet in and that's not what you want yeah, totally. So I'm definitely going to be gr- um, grinding a bit around the practice greens prior to prior to teeing off, which I think I'll have time. My buddy I'm staying with is also a big a big golf nut, so I'm sure he'll be eager to get there early, maybe hit some balls, do do the whole thing. So I'm, I'm going to try to get the speed dialed in, but just excited to play some outside golf. Yeah, man, I'm very jealous. I can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to uh, to tell you all about it next week. Um, but until then, I hope you enjoy the snow. And uh, I'm Kevin O'Coin. I'm Brian Ackley. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We'll catch you next week. And uh, appreciate you tuning in. See you. Peace.